Welcome back to Mages and Murder Dads, the best show dedicated to the Baldur's Gate franchise and beyond. I'm Cameron, and I play Ticklevar, the Sorcerer. I'm Danny, and I play Balthazar, the Barbarian. You almost did a little bit of wizard voice there. Uh, I, th- I think if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna draw yours out by saying Ticklevar, the Sorcerer, I think Balthazar, the Barbarian, should be very like abrupt. Mm. Balthazar, the Barbarian, the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. We've got. We still have another thirty episodes of this to really like find our groove mm-hmm. to get in the get in the middle <laughs> zone. Yeah, uh, this is episode twenty-seven, and uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about the city of trade meat. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty sweet. I think uh, a little preview of what we're going to say in a second, but this is maybe my favorite in a, in a hot minute. Ooh, is, would you say this is your favorite uh, stronghold we've done? I, I think so, even despite the fact of uh, how much I like the planar sphere and, and all of that that we've been talking about the past few episodes. This is uh, pretty kicking rad, or at least it's uh, it feels like a well-designed little mini-encounter, or mini-campaign, mm-hmm. rather. A module. A module. It feels like a little module. We've talked about that before, but before we get to that... If you like the show and you think it is cool or whatever, you can hit the like button down there at the bottom. That really helps us out. That that makes it appear more for other people. You can also subscribe so you can see the kind of stuff that we're doing all the time uh, here on this channel. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming down the pipe. You can follow us both on Twitter. That's down in the description. You can like this page on Facebook, which is also in the description. And uh, shout out to all the commenters across the many different platforms and how much uh, you you enjoy the show. You're very cool. The coolest. The coolest. You can also support the show on Patreon. And if you want to accelerate the cool changes that are on the horizon, definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel because I think we've arbitrarily like set a number of people that we want to have subscribed before we roll out the new changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They might happen anyway, but you should definitely <laughs> subscribe to accelerate that process. It's gonna be exactly. it's gonna be big. We've been hinting at it for a while. We've contracted people we've talked to other people about unrelated things we've made it seem like we were having secret conversations you know that there's edited documents somewhere with stuff redacted mm-hmm. mm-hmm spy shit real spy shit so we're not going to do a big question this week because we're just going to get down to the nitty-gritty the big question is our quest oh my god so what what's trade meeting all about danny so trade me. I'm, I'm. I roll up to this town because I was told to go here. Mm-hmm. Um, by I guess in in game fiction, a voice in the sky in real life, Kunzelman. Mm-hmm. And I roll up, and there's just like a panther and a, and a spider and a wolf like attacking these people. So Balthazar goes uh, goes into his greater whirlwind, just starts rolling around. And he he kills these animals attacking, and the the first bit of dialogue option is really interesting because Balthazar could say, "Why are you slaughtering these animals?" Which seems like a very strange thing to say after you help them slaughter the animals. Um, but uh, but basically, I, I'm told that uh, druids or these animals have started attacking the town. The town's in a in a rough way. And that uh, that druids might be responsible. Yeah, I guess you could 
theoretically zone into this environment and stand there and watch a fight happen between town guards and uh, some animals. Mm-hmm. And you could say, my God, why did you do that while I stood here and watched you? That, yeah. That seems bad, probably. Sure. And I think a lot of these guards die to animals. I mean, that's the, the guard's lot in life, huh? Sure. To die sure. to the animal. How did you handle this very first conversation? Because they're pretty suspicious of you. It's really weird. Like, basically, there there are several dialogue options that you can take, and almost all of them end in, you can't come into this town. Mm. Like, I was repeatedly told, like, well, leave. Get out of here. Whoa. Until eventually I was just like, well, let me, who's your who's your leader I can help? And then I zipped on into town to go talk to uh, trade dude Coprith. Yeah, that's not how it rolled with Balthazar. What did you do? Well, they told me, you can't be here. And then I just looked at them and I said, nobody tells me what to do. (laughs) And they said, well, we're doing that right now. We're telling you that you can't be here. You need to get out of here. And I, and I, I said again, look. You, you, I am a sovereign citizen, and you can't tell me where I can and cannot be. So I imagine in the in my in my theater of the mind when this mm-hmm. occurs that that Balthazar's eyes go from go from having like normal sized um, pupils <laughs> to it like zips down to your like to like in, incredibly tiny. Pinpoint, pin. yeah, yeah, needle like you're like you've just blown so much cocaine up your nose, and he's just like, no one tells me what to do. No one tells me no, what to do. No one tells me a single thing. Stop doing it. And then the the self fulfilling prophecy happens. Of the the guards are like, well, if we're gonna have to eject you out of the town by force, that's just what we're gonna have to do. And Balthasar says, you need to try. You what? need to try, sir. What? And they all attack me. This seems like, why did you... I mean, I get... I, I know why you did it. W- yeah. What happened then? Well, I ended up... They all ended up dead in like two seconds. Mm-hmm. And I lost all of my reputation. <laughs> I am... Dis- I think at that point in the game, I was despised, parentheses, one, close parentheses. Dang, that means that eventually they're going to start sending people after you. I guess. I mean, no, I think that's factually correct. I think people are but, coming I mean, after you. But I mean, that's the weird like, dissonance of this is, like, I thought maybe that the fact that the game, like, provided this avenue of, of responses, like, the, this potential thread, that maybe there would be, like, some story hook into it, right? Like, m- perhaps the... I might be approached by a third party about the fate of this town. No, they just, I have that option to kill all those people. And I do that. And then I like walk 15 feet away and there's like, there's the trade meat guards and they're just chilling out. I think the story hook might be that you're an asshole. Sure. That might be the only one. Well, look, you can't just tell me what to do. Well, I do think that this is some, um, some interior knowledge. It might not be correct. People listening to the show, I'm 100% sure, will be able to correct me on this. I believe that you might get to meet Drizzt Doerden. Because mm-hmm. he's going to hunt you down. And you're going to have to kill all of that entire party. So I know that... Uh, I know that you meet that party because if you manage to kill 
Dritz Dord in, in Baldur's Gate 1 and take any of his items, which apparently carry over into BG2, mm-hmm. um, if his party recognizes that you have some of his stuff, they attack you. But I, I, I don't know about Dritz's appearance, mm. Dritz himself's appearance in BG2. Mm. Is this when you tell me you've been hanging on to Icebrand for the entire I, I, of the time? I, I did not kill Dritz. Balthazar was not that strong at the time that that happened. <laughs> it's but not that he wouldn't have done it. It's that he's he wasn't that strong. <laughs> no. Hmm. So, so we go in. Mm-hmm. You know, we we get through this uh, deep, deep tragedy here at the beginning. <laughs> we go in, talk to Copreth, and mm-hmm. uh, he tells me that there's some druid business here. That there's basically just like the druids that live around Trade Meat, and Trade Meat is quite literally a trading city. Mm-hmm. All it has going on is trade. Yeah. There's literally nothing else. And so it is being beset by animals that are closing the roads. And so it can't do any trading. There's no trading that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but while I walk into town, it's broad daylight when I do this. Mm-hmm. There are many vendors. There's no trading happening in this town as I, as I walk in. No, well, because there is, there's nothing to trade. Because nothing's being brought into the city. Because of these roving packs of animals. Yeah, absolutely. But it's a double whammy, right? It's not just the packs of animals that are keeping things from being imported. Everything that could possibly be sold has been bought up by a troop of genies. Genies. The Dao Jin. The Dao Jin. And I asked a Dao Jin, hey... What's the deal with your name? And they were like, "Yeah, that's our family name." And he seemed like a little, uh, a little miffed that I didn't understand. I mean, you should probably just get it. You should probably sure. know by now. You should probably be like uh, familiar enough with genies at this but point. We're, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the genies, but I just want to make sure to to say this now: genie count five, genie count six, genie count seven. Hmm. A lot of genies. A lot of genies. So, well, you know, so you go in and you talk to this dude. He says, there are druids. He says, oh, and lo and behold, I have a druid in the basement. And uh, the druid in the basement showed up here. People got real mad because they know the druids are sending people to attack us or sending animals to attack us. And so you can go talk to him. And I said, okay, I'll go do that. But before that, the only reason I came to this goddamn city (laughs) is because someone's sister is dying. And let me tell you, this city, this location, the stronghold, is very cool. This quest is the worst. <laughs> it is so the the, ho- the hook to get you here. It's that's not the reason why you stayed. No. It it, mm. it this quest could literally be uh, go get the what's it, bring it to the who, the who witch it. And then zip the zap. Like, mm. like that's as, as contentful as it is. Mm-hmm. So Mazzy's sister is like living in the Fenton household because she's Mazzy Fenton, of course. You go in there. She's asleep. She's knocked out. She's uh, uh, losing life force, all this stuff. You find out that 
uh, her boyfriend was trying to give her a love potion. He bought a love potion from this gnome named Wallace. I go talk to Wallace because, you know, I'm, I gotta gotta uh, throw hands at this point. Sure. Right? Because that's like, Mazzy's a, a fighter. That's all we've got. That's our only option. So we go to Wallace. He says, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm just the potion middleman. I don't make the potions. I buy my potions from a priest of Joaquin. Mm-hmm. And so we say, all right, go get the what's it. Take it to the whodunit. Sure. I go over to the the priest, uh, the Joaquin. I can't find the guy. This guy's name is Barl. B-A-R-L. Mm. So I, I, I talk to the head priest, and this is pretty cool. The head priest of Joaquin is called the Overgold. Hmm. Overgold. He's got like a very long name that I did not write down. But but so I talk to this guy and I say, all right, there's this guy named Barl. He's selling potions. The potion poisoned somebody. It's bad. What's up with that? And he says, well, I think that privacy should be respected. So I don't know what I can do. But let's uh, just search his quarters since he's not here right now. (laughs) I swear to God. (laughs) And so he goes and searches his quarters. And do you know what he finds? What does he find? He finds a holy symbol for Talona, mm. who's, I think, called the Maiden of Poisons. Sure. And uh, so Barl comes back, and he says, yo, what the hell is going on here? And uh, the Overgold says, hey, I found this this uh, holy symbol of the bad Hey, heads. I instituted a surveillance state while you were away. Hey, uh, the, you know, the priesthood of Joaquin just believes that a philosopher king should be on top of uh, the mountaintop, and uh, you know what? It's working, so let's not worry about it right now. And so he um, says, all right, Barl, you're in trouble, my dude. You're, you, I'm, I'm your boss. You're in so much trouble. And Barl says, over my dang dead body, bro. And mm-hmm. he summons a bunch of, like, vampire ghosts. Damn. <laughs> That's rad. <laughs> it's fucking weird. In the Barl's middle, been working out. <laughs> in the middle of the temple, he does this. And so then I killed him, and literally the quest is just over. The end. Mm. Well, what about, uh, what about Mazzy's sister? I, she, we got an antidote. We went and gave it back to her. Hmm. The end. Okay. Well. It, it's just the weirdest little non-quest. <laughs> Except for that guy summoning like vampire ghosts at the end, it was pretty cool. Was that it- is rad. I just I just picture like uh, Barl because Barl didn't like start this way, right? No. Barl got tempted by <laughs> Talona, so like Barl just has to go out in the woods and like it's one of those like rocky montages of him like working his way up to summoning little vampire ghosts. Like at first, it's little bat ghosts, and he's just like doing pull ups on a branch, and then occasionally like whipping his hand out and there's a shadow bat that pops out and there's like yeah and he's like nodding and then eventually it's it's uh he's sparring with these uh vampire ghosts and in the in his climactic uh final battle with ticklevar it just doesn't work out no he straight up ate dirt at the end of that (laughs) yeah um interesting though you know about joaquin right yeah and i think joaquin's one of these uh deities uh, in this post-Time of Troubles world, it's a silent deity. Because he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk well, about that a little I'm... bit? He is dead. So, I mean, but that's interesting, right? Because Joaquin can still continues to have worshippers unlike, say, Amunater, right? Mm-hmm. So th- there is... 
it's a little hazy to me on whether a deity can return when, if they have like active worshippers and that that like worship power, that prayer power is still there. Mm, they can, I think. Because mm-hmm. um, Joaquin, I think what happened is that he died and no one picked up his folio. Mm. I believe so. Like the the um, quite literally portfolio of powers that he had. Yeah, his domains. His domains. Yeah. And so I think that's what happened with him. I didn't do any of the research beforehand. Uh, mm-hmm. But but I think that's interesting that, like, he died. And so uh, this guy's like, well, shit, I got to get my, my magic powers from somebody. I guess it'll be Talona, the priestess of poison. Yeah. Get on that. Yeah, I mean, he probably just, like, turned a few pages <laughs> in the in the big book of deities, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you're at W, you just flip back until you find... You just flip back, like, right? I don't know how many pages, you know, you gotta flip back. Probably, like, two. I don't know. Is Weavos in this pantheon? Uh, I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think that's Grey, uh, Greyhawk. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, another little, little, just little side thing before we talk about the, the real quest. Um, you remember Rasad? Yeah, I remember Rasad. He was a character that was added in Baldur's Gate 1 Enhanced Edition. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of a, a beam dog, um, uh, original character, OC, mm-hmm. as it mm-hmm. were. And uh, so he's here, and he's running around. I got to see him beat up a bunch of other monks for some reason. Just two hits, him hitting the monk, them hitting the ground. Mm-hmm. They did. and uh, But it's really funny... Uh, he is in trouble with all the other monks because he doesn't. He believes in the heresy of say mm. of Saloon. Did you did you see any of this? I did. It's really interesting. So there's a new occult, what the what the Saloon um, worshippers are calling it, and the heresy is: oh, what if Saloon and Shar, who are these like diametrically opposed deities, what if they're just two sides to the same coin? What if they're actually the same entity? Hmm. This is exactly how far I got in the quest. Because the next time uh, I saw him, he walked up to me and said, Ahoy, Chicklevar, do you remember me? And I said, uh, or have we been introduced before? And I said, no, and we're not going to be. (laughs) And he ran away. Damn. Yeah, I mean, I spoke to him a little bit. I said, yeah, I, I don't think so. And we talked a little bit about it. But basically... He isn't sold on this heresy either. Mm. Like he has joined the cult, but only to find um, the person who murdered his brother, who he believes is running the cult. Dang! So there's like a really interesting quest here that neither of us will do. Yep, we'll never find out. Someone should uh, go do that and then report back. Yeah, please report back. It sounds like an interesting quest, but I just don't think either of our parties are. Uh, are willing to take on uh, Rashid right now. Yeah, since you don't have a party. I don't think that anyone... I, at this point, I think it's mutual, right? Like, Balthazar does not want to be plagued with nuisance, but I don't know if anyone would want to be in a party with Balthazar at this point. Yeah, I mean, I do think I, that does sound right. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, we're going to go into towns, and if anyone questions our our presence there, we will murder them all. And then occasionally we will go into a pit below the uh, temple district and kill goths for several months. So that's what you're signing up for. Well, 
<laughs> you know, uh, it's not every job where you can you know where your next square is coming from. You know, that's true. But before we like move on to the actual quest of the content, there was I, I guess a cousin of an old friend was here and trade me. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about him? I'm curious yeah, about what ne- you did here. Yeah, so Niebuhr. Cousin of Niebuhr. I imagine. I don't think we ever got that. That's just kind of fan fiction at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I... Uh, so Niebuhr, if you, uh, if you remember from like dozens of episodes ago, mm-hmm. uh, Niebuhr is... Or Nuber was this person that we met in Baldur's Gate 1 who was just this little peasant who would follow you around in town and talk to you nonstop. Probably the worst, uh, one of the most dangerous, (laughs) I don't know about dangerous, but one of the most annoying uh, characters in this game. Maybe one of the most annoying characters ever made in a game, period. In all games, period. Just like constantly badger you with little banal one-liners about, you know, I don't know, video game tropes and you being an adventurer and just like ridiculous things. Um and I think the first time Balthazar met Nuber, Balthazar killed Nuber, like the third or fourth time Nuber talked to Balthazar. But this time, I remember what you said about the time you interacted with Nuber. And you said if you just like clicked, like initiated dialogue with Nuber enough times, you got experience and Nuber wanted nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. So I did that with Nuber and I got like 20,000 experience or something. Did you pay attention to what he said at the end? He gave you an oh, item. No. Did he give me an item? Uh-huh. At the very end, he gives you an item. And he says uh, something like, thanks for listening to me. Uh, people threw rocks at me. Here's all the rocks people threw at me. And it's just five uh, sling bullets plus two. Hmm. <laughs> so people were just shooting him with sling bullets. Not only sling bullets, but sling bullets that cost like, you know... 20 bucks a, a pop they're like multiple years worth of wages for like oh, the average peasant yeah yeah it's some real like it's one of the in the same way that that old chris rock skit of like man if you hate somebody but if you had if bullets were so expensive mm-hmm. it's like man i'm gonna take out a loan people were taking out loans like people were like getting reverse mortgages to to plock Niebuhr. Mm-hmm. yeah and he just took it that's the that's the impressive part. Well, I mean, yeah, and and he saved them. And if it weren't for the fact that we were nice to him, he could have sold that and like retired. Yeah, he could have bought one of the the houses here in Trade Me for sure. Oh yeah, he could have bought the Umar Hill Village. Diggy dang. <laughs> well, so what? Uh, what what is the real quest here about? Well, the real quest here is, uh, you know, we go talk to that druid, and the druid basically tells us, hey, I think this druid's name was, uh, oh gosh, Cerndrick? Cerned. Cerned. There we go. The worst. Of, That's the worst name. A lot of name. consonants in there. Yeah. Uh, but Cerned basically says, hey, I'm a good druid, and I'm automatically suspicious, because as we've as we found out, there's not really such a thing as a good druid. There are evil druids and incompetent ones. I only have more questions about druids now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that in just a second. Yeah. But I'm I'm deeply confused about the nature, haha, the the core of the druid ethos. 
Sure. So CERN basically says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was tasked with, like, figuring out what, what had gone wrong with this, uh, with this local group, with, like, the local, like the 583 mm-hmm. here, in, here in Trade Meet. So they sent me to investigate. I said, sure, we'll let, we can go investigate. So we pull out our map, and we find, oh, there's a little place called Druid Grove. So we roll over there. The end. And it's, a, it's just a swampy place with a bunch of trolls, to be honest. So I want to... I want to interrupt here. Mm-hmm. The this the sweeping grand narrative. So, he says this. He has to come here from his like, from from corporate basically. Yeah, from home office to see if quote, or or if there's a new leader of this of the local. Mm-hmm. And if there is a local, he has to determine. If that leader is, quote, good for nature, mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense. Okay, explain. If the druid, if druids are all about preserving nature in its form, right, then any okay. natural process that occurs, such as a new leader coming into power and then doing whatever the hell they want to, mm-hmm. that's just fine. That's the process working out the way it's supposed to be. Right? That is natural. Like, no matter what occurs, that thing will be natural. Mm. Unless it's like a a wizard. Unless a wizard did it. Sure. Or, so, I mean, I think that the... You got two possibilities. One is that there's this inherent contradiction of druids doing anything. Which I think is a very valid argument, right? Mm -hmm. Why would druids do anything? Right? Like, if your whole idea is to reach balance, but the world is just reaching its conclusions through uh, this kind of Darwinistic struggle, like, why would you ever do anything to intervene at all? Right? And I think you already included your caveat, unless it was because of something quote unquote unnatural, Mm -hmm. like a wizard, like a, like some kind of process that short circuited nature, whatever that is, or natural magic. So maybe like divine or arcane or some other power source that uh, that is not just physical brawn and roots. A planar right? sphere. A planar sphere. Yeah, that seems pretty unnatural. Druids seem like they would be upset about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I think that that's a that's a perfectly valid critique. But I do think that when we when we find kind of the source of this, we can talk a little bit more. Oh man, do do I have the thing to read for you? Okay. That. okay, I'll I'll read from it when we get there. So we go to the Druid Grove. It's kind of um, one of the most visually unappealing locations in this game. Mm, yeah, big swampy maze, basically, kind of like swamp jungle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we're supposed to be getting is that the this is kind of unnaturally lush, right? Like, um, it's kind of like um, poison ivy from Batman style. Just yeah. nature's going hog wild out here, mm-hmm. with maybe a little putrefaction here and there. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's 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 so um, abundant that it's that's that it's killing itself too. Mm-hmm. So uh, as soon as I got into this location, I met another druid. Did you meet this druid? I did. Yeah, named Pauden. And he, he tried t- to tell me what to do. He said the druids of Tethyr. Want, wanted me to leave, which was weird because Tethyr was not spelled the way that it is Forgotten Realms. So, 
That means within like 300 miles, there is a state called Tethyr, and then there mm. are a set of druids called Tethyr, and they are spelled differently. Ooh, which is what a weird, what a weird, awkward lore thing going on. And they said something about someone named Faldorn and some shadow druids. And so, you know, I don't know about you, but when I hear shadow druid, I think bad stuff. Well, I think we kind of met one, right? Wait, Back who, in Siege of Dragonspear. Who was a shadow druid? Well, wasn't that fellow, uh, that fellow who uh, lived at the bot, at the roots of that tree, he was kind of a shadow druid, right? Hmm. I, I wonder. I wonder if he was technically a shadow druid. I don't know. I mean, he was, certainly, I mean our, he was a bad druid. He was a bad druid. I think shadow druid. Are there druid, many different varieties of bad druid? I think so. I, I think shadow druid implies like an ethos of a certain kind of badness. Mm, whereas maybe that guy just kind of um, went out of control and started making bad decisions. Yeah, he seemed to just be rude. Because mm. he was well, still doing druid stuff, right? I guess so. Um, and I mean, he was. And this is kind of this is feeding into what you were talking about. Is what he was doing druid stuff? Or would a real druid, like, no true Scotsman him and be like, oh, that's not real druid stuff because blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the, I don't know. the definitional boundaries of druid, like, I'd never, I'd, I, maybe it's because I've never thought about druids for more than 10 minutes. But, mm, but you were blessed. But this game has really put some pressure on the very notion of druids. I think they should maybe be eliminated from, uh, from D&D. That's just my little design suggestion. Mm-hmm. Here at the top. So, what else was in the Druid Grove? Well, there's a mount, troll mound with a um, with a uh, basically the uh, assets, like the map assets of the of the spider layer from the Cloakwood way back in BG one. If you remember that, dang, it does look like that. Yeah, it's like it was the same room more or less. Weird. Yeah, and uh, there was a. There was a uh, like a little tower, and it said, "Oh, ogre tower." And I went in there, and there was a cow and some crates, and there was a cool little scimitar uh, in in the crate. I one hundred percent like tried to cast restoration and uh, dispel magic in everything <laughs> on that cow because I thought for sure it was the ogre, right? I don't know, dude. I just love the little story that this tower tells, right? There's an ogre. He lives in the second floor, but you can't reach it. And he's just got his... He owns a cow and a scimitar. <laughs> well, he only owns a cow now. Well, that's true. You gotta climb Story Mountain. And, you mm-hmm. know, ogre purchases tower, purchases cow, purchases scimitar, lives life happily. What's this plot complication? Loses scimitar. Goes on a rampage of revenge dies tragically at the hands of level 45 barbarian Mm. i mean that's going to be the real the real kicker is if like a beanstalk like plummets from the clouds and a bunch (laughs) of ogres come down and like where's our scimitar but i feel like to get to talk about another thing that we find here remember how there are those dao jin that Mm -hmm. were buying all the stuff that's genie count five, six, and seven. Well, they had a con there, like the leader, and the con was like, "Yeah, we don't really want to be here. We're all from like uh, Claimshine, Claimshire, right? Well, how do you say Callumshan? Callumshan. I actually there don't you. know where they're from. Did they say that? 
They're Callum Shite. Okay. Yeah. Like the, the, the character, I think, either recognizes their accent or their family name. Mm. Um, but they said, yeah, we don't belong here and we don't even want to be here, but we're hunting a Rakshasa. And, uh, and basically, we know that that Rakshasa's here and we're lazy. So we've just decided to buy everything and establish a monopoly over all goods. And we figure that when people start, I don't know, starving, they'll, like, buckle down and find this Rakshasa for us. I mean, it did work. It did work. No, I mean, look. Because someone did pay me, the player character, yeah. mm-hmm. to go find that Rakshasa. Yeah. So uh, we we find... A uh, and so what are rakshasas? We've I think we've probably killed one before. We have right? talked about them several times. They are yeah. like magical tiger-headed wizards. That's right, and they're shapeshifters. They're, yeah, they can shapeshift. I I did this quest in a weird way. What what did you do here? Well, so I knew that I was looking for a rakshasa because the genies told me, and I knew that they were around trade meat, but not in trade meat. So I figured, well, they've got to be in the grove. And I'm just rolling around, and I open a door in the grove, and one of the, there's like a person there, and the person like looks at me and immediately says, you smell like genie, attack them, and then three people turn into rakshasas, and then I kill them. That is how the quest works. So I had not talked to the djinn Mm -hmm. before I came here, so there was just a woman hanging out alone in this room, which I thought was weird. And she's like, hey, you want to buy some potions? And, hmm. I, and I said, no, I don't think I do want to buy any potions. And then, uh, so I like walked off and I came back and I thought, oh, maybe if I talk to her again, you know, that'll trigger some separate kind of dialogue. Talk to her again, same dialogue. You want to buy some potions? I say no. And then I summon two elementals and three skeletons. And then I just attack her. Why? I thought that she would be the troll or the ogre from the ogre tower. <laughs> I thought that it was related because they're right next door to one another. Sure. I thought they were related somehow. I thought, oh, this is definitely a quest that like I just don't have the breadcrumb for. So I'll just go for it. And lo and behold, turned into Roxasha. Dropped, dropped their tiger head. I had to kill the mm-hmm. other two, too. It was, was kind of bad. I died the first time I tried to do mm. it. Uh, very resilient to getting beat up on. Um, also immune to, like, less than plus two weapons, I want to say. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah. So I just I kind of attacked this person. But in the gamble of attacking, I didn't win. So, you know. <laughs> well... I mean, you had to be pleasantly surprised when they turn into rakshasas. That was a real vindication on your suspicion, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes you feel good mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. when when your uh, belief that this person selling potions is too good to be true. On the other end, could have just been a woman who lived in the woods and sold potions. Would you have talked about it during the uh, podcast if you were like, "Yeah, so I met a woman selling potions and I murdered her." For no reason. Yeah, I think... Then I, I guess yeah. you would have reloaded. I mean, yeah, I probably would have reloaded the game, but yeah, I would have owned up to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no reason not to. I gotcha. Well, but yeah, so, kill the Rakshasa, and once again, shapeshifters prove that uh, despite their formidable powers of illusion, they just can't keep a secret. 
They cannot keep a secret. They cannot. The second... Ah! You <laughs> turn, found me. Turn back into our normal form, quick! No, they're bad. They, they panic. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 uh... Once you can change your shape, you become a panicky kind of person. Yeah. You just... And, and every time you have a panic attack, you can't retain the illusion. Yeah. I mean, I think that probably is it, right? They, like... They're like, oh, no! Mm, but that's the exact opposite of how it works in a natural world, right? Like, when squids get uh, get super afraid, they their camouflage turns on, right? Well, well they poop out ink. They, they yeah. Go, they go... That's their, that's their shape-shifting. <laughs> it's like, I'm turning from an octopus to an uh, indiscreet big old cloud of ink. Cloud. Boom. Little poop cloud. Mm-hmm. Hashtag poop cloud. Yeah. Um, I, I see, don't know. I see you uh, so, highlighting this thing in the notes here. I don't know. I'm just I'm highlighting things uh, things in general. Well, just a really uh, quick, really weird little story here. So as soon as I come out of this uh, little event, Viconia begins telling me a long story about what happened to her when she first came onto the surface. Um, now is this just kind of like a you rest and when you when you finish resting like one of your non-playable characters uh just kind of starts giving you a monologue about their life in the second in this game in particular it's a lot more ad hoc than that so it just kind of happens you don't really mm. have to rest or anything um but yeah anyway so she tells the story so uh she comes up on the surface she starts being hunted by surface elves they like get a hunting party together to go kill her that sounds pretty bad she got picked up by a caravan it became like a sex worker for a caravan and like the the personal like transactional sex worker for the head of the caravan but then the head of the caravan died of a heart attack and so they thought she murdered him and so she had to run away again and she just hmm. says all these things and then you're like kind of flirty like all the options or like kind of like weirdly flirty in a way. The the Viconia romance, which I am like down the road of, mm-hmm. certainly in this game so far, is a very strange thing. So at this point you're kind of you're you may not even be in it for the RP reasons. You're just you're just in it for uh, the investigatory reasons. Like th- this is a bizarre thing and you want to see how this works out. Well, Baldur's Gate 2 has the uh, and I think I've talked about this on the show before, but it, it is certainly the root of if you just happen to be nice to all the NPCs in your party, you will begin romancing one of them. Hmm. Because being nice is romance in like the mm-hmm. in the kind of pre uh, Knights of the Old Republic, pre Mass Effect kind of thing. But Viconia's romance uh, um, quest line because it is a quest line, I guess. Uh, is interesting because it's a lot more like um, Jack from Mass Effect 2. And I don't think you've played those games, but the idea is that you can't. You have to be mean at some points mm. um, in order to like respond to the kind of unhappiness that she has or whatever. She gets really turned off by the maudlin saccharine stuff. I guess so, yeah. Um, but anyway, it's just it's very weird. The things that we've learned about Viconia so far are very strange. Mm. For Especially in this, like forgotten realms universe well also the idea that the main character would begin flirting when uh someone tells them a story a harrowing story about like having to work in this caravan and then being being hunted by a by a murder murder 
ball group of elves and then having in being being accused of murdering the caravan leader and, and all of this other weird stuff right but like the dialogue is also flirty in and of itself like she mm-hmm. is flirting with the player character too it's very strange while telling the story yes mm. yeah it's a, it's a weird weird setup well what's up with these damn druids well, I, I guess you kind of get to the end of this swamp jungle maze, and you see Cerned there again. And Cern says, hey, you find anything? And of course you say no. And then you just move on to like the next area, and then there's a druid temple. So I think that's interesting, right? <laughs> um, you go in the, the little druid temple, and it's kind of ominous. Uh, I really like the design of it. And you pass by a little, a, what looks like a little pit. And you get there, and there's this uh, there's this druid there named Faldorn, and she uh, says, "Well, hey, I'm the leader. I'm the leader of this here place, and I'm I'm doing bad stuff, and nobody can stop me. And I'm I'm leeching off of Mother Earth herself, but it's cool because Mother El- Mother Earth just needs a, a strong fighter, so she's willing to feed me the 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 real important nature energy that we all need." And uh, and Balthazar says, "Well, I'm going to fight you." And then and then we go through the dialogue, and she says, "Ah, you must have a druid to challenge me." So Balthazar just manually clicks like attack and attacks her, and uh, you can't kill her. Balthazar finally met his match because of all of her earth energies. Yeah, basically because she is the dialogue justification for this is that. She is bound to this place in some way. So, I mean, I, I, look, Balthazar certainly ego bruised a little bit that he can't kill this person. He can get them to, like, one pip of health, but I think that they don't get lower than one HP, basically. Mm. Um, so, a little bit sad that someone's stronger, but you know what? The trade-off of having to spend the rest of your life in, like, this jungle swamp that's very uninteresting, eh, you know, Balthazar will give this to her. So you just walked off? Yeah. You just said, I'm done here? No, well, I went and I told Cern, hey, she's she's saying uh, a druid's got to challenge her. Uh-oh. And Cern's like, well, what do you think you're going to do about that? And I said, well, you're a druid, buddy. Isn't that why you came here? Isn't that why you've been waiting out here for several days? And Cern's like, well, I suppose you're right. I suppose that is why I'm here. I, I like that he's like a uh, like a sad sack character. Well, I guess I'll become the challenging druid. So, so what happened? You like recruited him in your party? No, no. I told him no. I don't want him. I don't want you in my party. I'll watch. Dang, really? So, so we went into the temple, and I just stood on the side, and Cerned and Fal Faldorn got in the got in the pit, and then Cern just turned into a fucking werewolf and <laughs> tore Faldorn apart. <laughs> I mean, this is super interesting, the, the, <laughs> the, the difference in how I did it. I just had Jahira mm. be like, hey, I got a, I got a druid in, in my crew already. Mm-hmm. And Jahira rolled up and got in that pit and then summoned a fire elemental. <laughs> <laughs> Which then, uh, and then just kind of ran around in the circle while the fire elemental punched Faldorn. <laughs> uh, did Faldorn do anything? Yeah, uh, killed, killed Jahira the first time. Damn. Yeah, it kept interrupting her heels and got, like, um, insect swarm, summon insect swarm on her. Oh. So she couldn't spell, or she couldn't cast any healing. And it takes away all of your items. You don't have any items down in that pit. 
Ooh. Yeah, it was, it was kind of weird. But the second time, no, that greater fire elemental punching you uh, <laughs> it really, really hurts you. It's just a real nightmare scenario. I, I, I guess Faldorn goes in there, thinks it's going to be, you know, mono mano right? Mm-hmm. Like this this high noon situation. And Jahira just, like, waves her fingers and a huge pluming being of fire itself starts wailing on you. Yeah, I think if I have to choose between the, like, unalloyed power of Mother Earth and a fire elemental, <laughs> I'm going to choose the fire elemental every time. Yeah, looks like it. Okay, looks so like it. Let, let me, let me uh, give some context for what occurred here okay. in this game. This is from the second edition Player's Handbook. All right. At 12th level, the Druid character acquires the official title of Druid. All Druid characters below 12th level are officially known as Initiates. Mm. There can only be nine, nine 12th level Druids in any geographic region, as defined by... Uh, Oceans, seas, and mountain ranges. A continent may consist of three or four such regions. A character so cannot... no gerrymandering allowed here. It's There's... really set in stone. Yes, you cannot go to Druid Congress and then uh... <laughs> like petition for a new region to be created. No, uh, a character cannot reach twelfth level unless he takes his place as one of the nine druids. This is possible only if there are currently fewer than nine druids in the region, or if the character defeats one of the nine druids in magical or hand-to-hand combat thereby assuming the defeated druid's position if such combat is not mortal so if you don't get killed doing it the mm. loser drops experience points so that he has exactly 200,000 remaining just enough to be 11th level whoa so you get you you get demoted mhm gameplay wise so yeah mechanically it is not possible to progress past 11th level Without going through this rigmarole, only three archdruids, thirteenth level, can operate <laughs> in a geographical region. To become an archdruid, a twelfth level druid must defeat one of the reigning archdruids. It just goes on like this for forever. Mm-hmm. For- oh, is that not the final? No. Level of- From among the archdruids of the <laughs> entire world, three are chosen to serve the grand druid. These three retain their attendees, but are themselves servants of the Grand Druid. And there's two more pages. So, if there's a bad Druid that's strong enough, all of Druiddom is just screwed. Yeah, you become Boss Druid. (laughs) Like, quite literally. uh, uh, 17th level, the character gains the biological ability to hibernate. Um, 18th level, the character gains the ability to enter and survive in the elemental plane of fire. 19th level, mm. elemental plane of water. 20th level, elemental plane of air. You can just do druid shit everywhere. So, but this is the really interesting part, right? If all of druid culture is just determined by this, uh, tournament, basically, right? This long-form tournament. And this hierarchy that is only determined by combat Mm -hmm. wherein there is a winner or if the loser doesn't die the loser's demoted like in power and stature it may very well be that all of the things we know about the way druids operate and the mores they adhere to what if that's just imposed by this absolutely batshit guy 
or gal that made it to the top. What if there was a time or a different dimension where druids are just like normal people with like nature power or a little bit more Machiavellian or I don't know anything else other than this weird Darwinistic like Mother Earth whatever they are now that we can't really find coherent. What if all of that is just due to the fact that one made it to the top and then was like, well, this is what we're going to do now. This Mm -hmm. is who we are. You're saying, what if there was a druid Jill Stein? <laughs> that's what that's the that's the universe we're living in now in Forgotten Realms. Forgotten Realms is a world where Jill Stein was a druid and she got to the top. <sighs> happening in the real world and then happening in our fiction too. In our fiction. Mm. Oh man. We can't help but reflect the world we create. Man. Hashtag poignant. Oof. Well, what happened when you got back to trade meet? Everybody's real happy about it. They make a statue for me. So this is the part that I think like really makes it like a little module. Mm-hmm. That there is, unlike every other thing that we have done in this game, there mm-hmm. is a mechanism in this, in trade meet, in the stronghold, for you to come back and be celebrated. And, yes. And not just celebrated by like getting a bunch of gold and experience. They build a fountain for you. Did you yeah. see that? Did you look at it? Well, yeah, I, I saw the the fountain was there before. They added a statue. Well, they add the statue, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that's it's very a cool. hero of hero of trade meat. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but uh kind of completing the final quest unlocks like a few other additional stuff. Like a few other additional quests, which I don't think that we've had a uh, kind of a, a section like this, right? Where there's a main, usually the side quests are easily completable before you complete the storyline. So that when you complete the main quest for the module or the section or the stronghold, you're finished, right? Mm-hmm. But in this one, you actually have to complete these things before you move on and like do a few like, other side quests. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I got this uh, thing where the Lurixols and the Alicabars, I, I can't mm-hmm. pronounce either of them, but they're basically like the two competing uh, big noble families. Both uh, insufferable. Both insufferable in trade meat. And uh, they want you to go down to like the trade meat crypt and and get a, a golden circlet. And because whoever has the golden circlet will be able to prove that their family was the one that founded trade meat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what what did you do for that quest? Yeah, so right before you go into the tomb, uh, the uh, the mayor actually approaches you and says, Hey, if uh, I know that you're, you've been hired by one of these families. I actually talked to both families to see which one was nicer. They were both equally not nice. Yeah, they seemed both very uncool. Very uncool. And the mayor's like, "Hey, do me a favor and just give it to me, and we'll like we'll put it in a museum or something, or we just we'll make sure neither family gets it." So that's what I did. Yeah, I gave it to the mayor. Yeah, that's what I did too. If only to hurt both families. Would you do you think the mayor put it on his head and said, "I'm, <laughs> I was the oldest person here. <laughs> <laughs> My family. Yeah, no, not even his family, just him. Oh yeah, yeah, he's the he's founder. A lich. Dang." <laughs> um 
but yeah, and we got a little bit of a uh, of a plot resolution here too from like a long, long time ago, many episodes ago. Yeah, this is so you did this quest too. I did. Yeah, there's a guy named Tyrus, and mm-hmm. uh, he lives in the top part of Trade Meet, and he tells you the story about how he and his his girlfriend Reina, I think her name is Reina. Mm-hmm. His girlfriend Reina are like out and about in the world. And they both get knocked out, and they wake up, and there's uh, a man who is tying Reyna to a chair, and yeah. uh, and Tyrus wakes up, and he's kind of panicking, and the guy who's tying uh, Reyna up says, ah, get him, and a dude with no skin. Just muscles and sinew and, like, shiny, bloody stuff. Just runs at Tyrus, and then Tyrus runs away and goes home. Mm-hmm. And the skinless person says, I'll get you and so tyrus is very scared and he says hey i need you to like help me out here bro um when i you know he was outside the city and when he finally got back he was at the southwestern gate so like start there so we uh so i roll over to the southwestern gate and i find this fellow and this fellow uh darcidian moore says hey i'm looking for the the skin dancer this this being it's a being that can it's another like basically shapeshifter and it can like take skin and other people's skin and then wear it and adopt their identity. Mhm. Um and Darcidian says, "Hey, I think that they're the person we're looking for is like over there." Like on the other side of town. Like right where you killed those city guards. Yeah, more or less, like close by. Um maybe a mistake. So I roll over there. So what what do, what do you find when you roll over there? Yeah, so this is like it's kind of complicated. So I yeah, I go over there. Darcidian Moore is like standing near a body on the ground. Mhm. And Darcidian says, "I've been wounded. I just I just fought the skin dancer. The skin dancer is wearing uh someone's skin. I don't remember yeah, whose skin. Unclear. Unclear whose skin. Um it's there on the ground. Go finish it off. And Reyna is right next by, like right next to Darcidian. Yeah, Reyna is running away, basically. Mm-hmm. And so I ran over there, and I uh, instead of like attacking the person who was laying on the ground, I talked to the person who was on the ground. Mm-hmm. And they just say, "Hey, what's going on?" They're not they're not angry and yelling or anything like that. And I say, "What the heck is going on here?" Yeah, none of this makes sense to me. It doesn't make sense. Like, Hmm? You, this doesn't make sense to you? The phys- like, is it magic? Like, I want to know how mm. this skin stuff happens. I kind of looked it up. Um, okay. Just to, so the skin dancer is, it looks like to me, it, it might have been a monster at some point. I can't figure out which monster manual it is in, so I, I couldn't go look for it, and I, I didn't think about this until right before we recorded. But it mm-hmm. was eventually implemented as a, like, in the infinite proliferation of uh, potential player classes in 3.5 with all mm. those additional books and everything, the additional splat books. Mm-hmm. Um, basically the idea is you are cursed and you, you literally can just wear skin like clothing. You just okay. w- whip it on and off. Um, and so, so yeah, you can just kind of like shed something just falls right off you like cloth and you pull another one up on you. So it's magic. It is magic. 
Okay. But like curse magic, not So anyway, wizardry. we find out, once again, Baldur's Gate has owned us, um, and the people we thought were the good guys were actually the bad guys. Dang. And uh, Reyna is actually this this gosh darn skin dancer, and Darcidian's like another skin dancing monster, mm-hmm. right? And we find out, and throughout the, at the beginning of this quest, I was able to name drop the name of... The serial killer from the Bridge District. Yeah, Rajik. Rajik, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot that at the, at the beginning. Yeah, so uh, I was like, yeah, I think this person's Rajik. So anyway, one of these people, I think it's Reyna, is Rajik. Yeah. And the person who is in the weird skin, unconscious on the ground, is actually Reyna. And when you attack Reyna, a.k.a. actually Rajik, and this Darcidian person... They just turn into skeletons. Yeah. Did that happen for you? Yeah, yeah. they're like zombie, like skinless. They they do appear to be like unique. Um, yeah, they models. aren't skeletons. Yeah, it's not the same skeleton model we've seen, but it's like it's a it's a very strange uh, skinless skeletal being. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I murder those things and uh, talk to Reyna again, and then it, like it just turns back into Reyna. Like that's the real disconnect for me no she runs over and gets her skin because she's because she says like it's nice to be in my own skin again yeah but so reyna is in this moment a skin dancer Mm -hmm, yeah like she's been turned so in order to turn her back we've got to like uh go and spend eleven thousand gold on on a restoration scroll did you go do that yeah i did that yeah i did that too and i cast it on her did you go back to tyrus's house i did they're not and, even there. Uh, they well, it's interesting. I think in the footage it might show this, but as I walked in, Tyrus was there for half a second and then despawned. <laughs> he saw you um, coming, and then I was told, "Oh, they got married. They're they're happy. Mm-hmm. Good on them. I'm glad. I don't know if I could ever get over like uh, being uh, having all my skin torn off." Yeah, having all of your skin torn off, being turned into a supernatural being, being forced to wear someone else's skin and knocked unconscious uh, in the hopes that someone would murder you. Yeah, that's going to do a lot to your self-image. And that's like, going to do a way. lot to you, period. Mm-hmm. Um, before before we finish, did you go into a pub? I did. I, I did go into the pub, and mm-hmm. only one thing happened there. Yeah. Um, someone yelled, oh my god, a ball spawn here. And I was like, what the heck are you talking about? And he exploded. Yeah. Just straight up exploded. Like a, like a lightning strike mm-hmm. kind of animation plus just like little particles and then exploded into chunks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no, I, I like talked to several people in the pub. No one, everyone pretended it didn't happen. Yo, I think you have to. <laughs> I think, yeah, in order to retain you, I mean, if that happened to you, like, at the mall, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you walk into J. Crew, and someone uh, looks up, and he's like, oh, my God, a Kunzelman, and then just, like, explodes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think any of, I don't think the cashiers would, like, acknowledge it. No. So. And when they were like, what did they say? You'd be like, I don't know. I didn't hear it. <laughs> Well, but yeah. Well, how do how do how do you rate this? How do you rate this? A ten, stronghold? Out of, ten out of ten. You like it? Oh, I think it's good. I think it, I think as far as all the 
you know, we, we, we talked about the planar sphere and how much I think we both liked it conceptually, but maybe it fell apart in, mm-hmm. uh, in the play a little bit, mm-hmm. certainly in the rules of teleportation. Mm. It made not a single little bit of sense. Ooh, link here for Kunzelman losing his actual shit. Uh, you know, we talked about Diarni's keep, and you were a little bit disappointed in that. Mm. Uh, um, in you know, in how it it kind of treated you like a fighter. Mm-hmm. We've done uh, Umar Hills, which was just fine. That was middle yeah. of the road, perfect, perfectly. Mm-hmm you know kind of uh right down the center this i think is is you know it feels like a complete little micro campaign i think this took me like an hour and a half to do which was like that's a good amount of time there weren't a lot of sloggy fights or anything like that varied numbers of enemies and different kinds of enemies and i I did think that that uh druid duel at the end was was pretty cool um and i really thought that the uh the tyrus quest was very cool so yeah no i uh I liked everything about it. I think uh, I think it was a fun time, and it wasn't um, just hard as there. W- there were very few fights in this that were just hard as nails, difficult. Mm-hmm. But I I still like really appreciated the story, and it still like felt right. It like the fact that um, uh, an NPC did kind of the climactic final battle didn't feel like a letdown or uh, or anticlimactic. It, it felt appropriate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that if you're like trying to make a, a, a you know, D and D style game, or like a, a throwback Baldur's Gate style game, I think you try to hit this mark. Sure. Like if you could consistently hit the trade meet mark for a ten or fifteen hour game, I think that game is like game of the year material. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Because it's all the stuff that's they- good. And I think this kind of narrative arc is something, if you're running a role-playing game, you should probably have a narrative arc that looks something like this. And I think most successful little one-shots even, or, you know, campaigns over a few sessions, probably probably share some similarities with the way that this one works, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Well, this was uh, episode 27 of Mages and Murder Dads. If you uh, like this, uh, be sure you hit the subscribe button to see other kinds of videos uh, that we do. Make sure you're hitting the like button so uh, we can get the video in front of more people through the black magic of uh, algorithmic generation. Um, If you like what we did here with the show, you should support that show financially uh, on our Patreon. You can follow us both on Twitter and you can like our page on Facebook if you want to get more updates about this uh, kind of stuff all the time. And, uh, you know, leave a comment. Let us know yeah. what you thought. Let us know if you enjoyed Trade Meat as much Never as we do. stop commenting. Never stop commenting. Where are we going next? <sighs> the Windspear Hills. We've got to... It's, it's going to be the Windspear Peels. Winds, Every time. I, it's very hard it's not the to Windspear do that. Heels. I'm trying to, Windspear Heels. God damn it. <laughs> hills. I don't know. There's something. There's something mm-hmm. going on there. Sure. But uh, yeah, we're going to go do that. And then, God help us, <laughs> we might do the story of this game. We might. We still have like two th- two or three things to do before we do that. I but know. yeah, but we'll it, get there. It's a short list. It's getting mm-hmm. shorter. We, yeah. You know what's funny? We still never did the docks district. 
We've still got. I've still got a man lying on a table. We used the same table. Did you see that in the footage? I didn't notice that. We we organically chose the same like storage place. Dang. On Joaquin's promenade. It's a good one. Can't be mad yeah. about it. Yeah. All right. Well, in two weeks, uh, you'll see episode twenty-eight. Thanks for listening. I'm Cameron, and I'm Danny. Have a good one. Goodbye. Oh, wow.